Welcome to the Mile High Podcast. We are your guides through sordid tales of pop culture, drugs, and saying the word fuck a lot. Our show is best experienced under the influence of cannabis. So now is your cue to light up. Now remember, drugs are dangerous, so please don't hurt yourself or your loved ones. But do subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to the Mile High Podcast. I am your host, James Thomas. We are here for the second week in a row. And as you will soon see, all of us have learned how to change our backgrounds. For the second week in a row, we have our team as ready and normal as usual. We have my buddy Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Hey, how's it going? I'm here in space, coming to you from some nebula. Nice. Dave is out in space. Some old school learn me science shit from Dave. We also have with us, as always, Miss Nancy. Nancy, how are you this evening? I'm doing very well. As you can see, I am um, in a fully stocked kitchen with an excellent chef. So life is good. Nice. The life of the parsley burger is the burger of the day, which is super exciting. Uh, and with us, as always, from Nerd Corner Studios, which is actually right down below where I am, we have got the Nerd Corner guy himself, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today? Oh, doing all right. Coming to you guys from a mall opening in Georgia, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, the safest place to be right now. Did you hit the beach and, uh, after? Oh, your background is Shaun of the Dead, right? No, Georgia. Just, uh, right. <laughs> he wasn't kidding. It's it's That's a it's a madhouse out here. Tell him that it's, Auntie Anne's is closed. They get no pretzels today. You know, right. but I really could go no. for a Cinnabon. Right. I'm gonna say Sabaro to be in this chat as well. Sabaro. So and with us again, a very funny comedian. Uh, he is the host of the Santori Unplugged podcast on the World Wrestling Station. Oh, no, man, I really suck, man. Do your own promotion, Mike. You're up. What's up, man? What's up, man? Uh, World Generation Podcast. Um, Wednesday night. Um, Santori Unplugged. But, yeah, man. I do that. I got yeah. I got the Santori Unplugged thing. So, right. I'd like to welcome everybody back. We're glad that Santori came back. We're glad to have Nancy here. Nerd Corner is clearly having a great time shopping. And uh, so what we're doing this week, we are going to do our, uh, weed and, our, our weed and pop culture. That's what we're discussing and everything. And this is the music day, which means it is the least popular thing for me because I do not know as much as I would guarantee you these other four people will do. So I will just kind of mediate the conversation uh, and they will discuss it. But to start off, as... Uh, what have we been watching? Is there anything, uh, anybody out there right now that has been watching something they want to shout out and let me know? Dave, you always have a huge list. What do you got on your list? All right. Two, uh, two things. Uh, the first was um, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Uh, he kind of plays a, a dirtbag that you do not feel sympathy for whatsoever. Um, but it was a really good movie. Um, and was pretty intense. The whole movie was just intense. Uh, so that was a really good one. The second one is The Morning Show on Apple TV. It is with Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, and Jennifer Aniston. Um, 
I went in expecting it to be a comedy, and in the first five minutes of the show, Steve Carell gets um, fired for sexual um, sexual assault, and you're like, this is not what I expected, but it was just a fantastic show about dealing with Me Too in um, a very public setting, like a morning show. Very good show. So it's a Matt Lauer biopic, you're saying? Dude, I thought about that the whole time I was watching. It's like, is this what Matt Lauer was doing? Like, this is pretty fucked up. And it's really hard to watch Steve Carell um, sexually assault a woman. That was hard to do. But it was a great wow. show. Great show. Hmm. And that's an Apple TV original, right? Yeah, it is. Um, and lastly, I finished that right. documentary, and that was fantastic. So definitely recommend that. Do you happen to watch that Nicole Richie thing? There you, go. Not... you have to fight. That's a different service. Never mind. Sorry. Um, Nerd Corner, what about you? Have you watched anything that you need to uh, let us know about? Um, you know, not really. It's still just watching a lot of random YouTube stuff. Uh, catching up on Castlevania on Netflix, which is actually pretty good. Uh, just cheesy, but fun. Um, I keep meaning to go back to I loved the uh, the the first season Whoa. of Altered Carbon, and then they got Anthony Mackie in as the main character for season two, which I love Anthony Mackie, but I've got like one and a half episodes in, and I just I I can't do it. I don't yeah, right know there, why. Yeah. I love the first season, and uh, I really loved uh, Joel McKinnon in that role, mm. but I, I, he did such a good job in season one that Anthony Mackie just didn't recreate that same kind of person like they were two completely different people which i guess is kind of the show but you know if they're the same person even in different bodies you think that they would be more like each other yeah exactly and it's and that was the biggest thing and i'm like because i normally like anthony mackie you know it's like him in all the marvel stuff but it's you could tell he was playing somebody in a sleeve or the parlance if you don't watch the show it's you're in consciousness in somebody else's body so it's definitely like a fish out of water thing, but it doesn't feel like the same character that we met yeah, from the first season. So that's kind of disappointing, but I figure I'm going to go back to The Expanse soon. I, I'm way behind on this. So that next week, hopefully, I'll, I'll have some Expanse to talk about. I, w- nice. I don't know what is more, more <coughs> annoying, um, Santori's wind tunnel effect or the zombies that are trying to attack <laughs> I get so I'm like so distracted. I get so easily distracted. And those, every time those people come up on your background, I get <laughs> I completely lose what, what conversation we're having. All right, here, here. I'll, I'll find a different background on there. I don't <laughs> yeah, want that yeah, throwing yeah. you. I, I like I like the background a lot. Um, uh, cool Nancy, back. Nancy, what Yo. have you been watching? Oh, mostly old stuff. Oh, new stuff. I watched Mrs. America. It was great. It was really good. Um, it was, you know, it's the story of like the women's lib mo- movement kind of told from the perspective of like the anti-women's lib side a little bit. Um, I mean, they aren't kind to them in the story, but it was interesting to see their perspective and every mm. single ca- actress in it was incredible. Um, I can't think of her name right now. Is it Kate? Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Oh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, she's amazing. So that was very good. And I've been watching Love is Blind is My Guilty Pleasure this week. Um, 
it's a really weird show where people get married sight unseen, kind of. Well, they get engaged sight unseen, but then they have to get married in like 30 days or something. And it's, it's very interesting. Although they haven't put any unattractive people on it. So we'll see how that works out when they start doing that. And as far as old stuff, I am watching Schitt's Creek, which I'd heard really good things about and just never got a chance to start. I like it. It's a great a show. Of, a lot of my personal friends had actually said that they didn't like it, that they found the characters unlikable, that it wasn't relatable. Um, but I, I don't necessarily agree. I think the cast is really strong. And I held out for that, and, and it caught on eventually. So it was good. Yeah, I love Shit's Creek. It's a great show. Yeah. Um, so before I go to Santori for him to tell us what he's been watching from the 1980s, I'm sure. Uh, we, I have been watching Shit's Creek because I have heard wonderful things about this show, Shit's Creek. And... Uh, how about eight episodes into the first season? And it is pretty fascinating. Um, you know, it's Eugene Levy, it's Chris Elliott. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, what was the name of that show that Chris Elliott used to have? Didn't he have one where he was like a paper boy? Get a life. Cabin Boy was his movie, Cabin Boy. Yeah. I, I have to admit I watched that. I don't know. There's nothing get a life wrong with watching Get a Life. It's a great show. 32%. Right. As somebody who came in late, I'm really confused. Is Santori waiting for John's? Because that's that's what it looks like from here. <laughs> hey, Santori. That, what is <laughs> What's going on? You look We're like you're waiting for the What's going on? I don't know if you knew that. Up. Well, a lot's going on over here. I have a visitor that just popped out of nowhere that we thought we were going to like have him oh. be on uh, our, our video, but instead he's in my porch. <laughs> this is the visitor most re recently have the COVID-19 virus, and he's uh, visiting you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get out of my house. <laughs> Get out. You, you've got corona. <laughs> you were <laughs> sick. <laughs> I can't kick him out. It's <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. I'm going to get sick and it's all your fault. That's weird. Get the hell out of here. He ain't going. San <laughs> Santori, tell me, uh, tell me your movies. From, tell me what TV shows. No, your TV shows that you've been watching from the 1980s because we know you can only watch things off of the television. <laughs> hey, come on now. It's not the 80s. It's the 90s. Home Improvement. <laughs> Murphy okay. Brown. You know what I'm saying? Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown's great. Murphy Brown's good show. Yeah, Married with Children. Come on. They're all 90s. There's no 80s movies. All right, shows. But there is, uh, I did get caught up on a movie I haven't seen ever, and it's from 2003. It's called Nobody's Baby and has Gary Oldman in it. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. But Does it end up being anybody's baby? I don't know. I just started watching it last night. But it looks really cool and interesting and bizarre and crazy. So I'll, it, it's entertainment for the first five minutes, so. Looking for an entertaining movie in the first five minutes, I recommend that. So I can't say that because I really don't know. I just started watching it, but I haven't really been watching any movies since that. But. Yeah, what's kind of fun, um, Santori, is that CBS has brought back the Sunday night movie. So every Sunday night they play like a classic movie, like they just played Indiana Jones. Uh, I think this last Sunday, and they have another like Back to the Future, some kind of movie like that coming up this week. Okay, well Sunday night. So Last night, I now I rearranged my sock drawer that night, so I'm not gonna be able to see anything. But I don't know. 
They've brought back the CBS movie Sunday night. <laughs> but, which hey, is, hey, man, I just gotta gotta get to that sock. Underwear for it's fine. Yeah, no, that's that's on Saturday. <laughs> no, I will check that out. I'll check it. I'll let you start us off, Santori. What are you smoking? I am smoking a name. I don't know the name of it, but it's thirty-two percent. That's what I call it. Thirty-two percent. Yes, and I actually had a buy. You know what one of our guests taught us? Huh? You want to know what one of our uh, guests taught us? She said it's the best analogy, I, and I use it all the time when I go into dispensaries. She said judging entirely off of the percentage is like walking into a liquor store and telling them to give you the cheapest bottle of Everclear that you can ever have. It is not going to define taste or the kind of high you gave. So that's a shout out to our guest, Courtney Gunn. I use that analogy all the time. Um, as a former alcoholic, that is an effective way to drink, though. If you go yeah. in, they will gladly do that for you. <laughs> right. Um, they do, like, listen, Santori and I used to go to a bar in Orlando <laughs> where they would have uh, jungle gyms, and they would have well drinks. And it was like, who made this tequila? They're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to say. It's just tequila. It's just a giant jug, and it says tequila, rum, vodka. Three X's underneath the bottle, or <laughs> it's in a giant yellow yeah. label with just black letters that say tequila. Nice. Right, right. It was the classic thing. Well, uh, Dave, what are you smoking? So I'm going into my stash, and tonight we are doing the Mandarin Dream. So uh, it's a hybrid. I nor normally go hybrids, but uh, this one. <laughs> is like the perfect blend of chill and creativity. So I'm digging on that. Nice. And uh, what about you? Uh, do you wait first? Did your parents buy you that weed? This is actually the weed they bought me last week. So yes, technically this is the weed that my mom and dad bought me. Oh, is that adorable? How cute. That's adorable. Nerd Corner, what are you smoking on tonight? Um, a random indica. No idea what it is. Random Indica is almost always the new quarter. Oh my goodness. We have somebody on our thing. Is that DW? Did we just see DW on our show? Yes, he did. You want to talk to him? <laughs> yeah, put DW right. on. Hold on. Want to be on video? Why not? Can you hear us? We can hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, right. you can talk. Go ahead, yeah. caller. You want to talk? You're number, you're number 10. Uh, is this a podathon or something? I heard it's like a four-day session, uh, uh, podcast session. Yeah, we're talking yeah. real music, and I think uh, you have a lot to bring to that conversation, so you should jump on. <laughs> all right, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, that's all it took. <laughs> Social distancing the way that DW has always liked it, way <laughs> far away from everybody else. Nancy, what are What's you up? smoking? Uh, Red-headed stranger from Agati. Ah, everybody loves Agati and some red-headed stranger. Well, they're um, close. They have good deals. Yeah. I think well, this is the, the longest is. we've what gone without talking about Rocky Road. Yeah, I, we I, we haven't been going to Rocky Road. I don't think any of us have, unless your parents go for you, Dave. I, I miss my um, Rocky Road people. They they were always awesome. Especially the old lady who shall remain nameless. Dave's old lady. Yeah. 
Um, I'm smoking glass apple peepee. You're smoking glass? <laughs> what? Apple peepee? Glass apple peepee. Um, I'm sure that's a, you know, heard ass apple something pee-pee. else, but I... that's how they ended. It's a sativa peepee, like peepee. Like peepee. So that's a good segue into music. <laughs> that is our main subject of the show. That segue was written by Mike Santori. Mike Santori, when you need a segue that doesn't work, look to Mike. Um, so we got a couple questions on here. Dave has, of course, given me a list of stuff. Um, so we're just going to start this off, and I am going to start off with our duo team, the newlywed team of Santori and DW. The first question about weed and music is what era of music do you feel was most influenced by weed? You get to tell us what you think first, and everybody else gets to tell you why you're wrong. Go, Santori. <laughs> 60s. You're wrong. Wrong. I I don't disagree. I actually, I agree with Santori on that. I totally agree with Santori on that. Thank you, David. I was just thinking contrary. No, I I, I think you're spot on on that one. You you really can't have one without the other when it comes to pod and music from that era. Now, the 60s aren't huge as far as like, they weren't out like Nowadays, they will straight tell you to take it from the bong and straight toke it. So I guess the question that I would have to you is, if uh, if it was the most influenced by weed, why don't I hear like them constantly talking about weed? Because you're not r- listening to the right songs. Because they, <laughs> they talk about weed in all of them, in a lot of those songs, especially like the '60s rock bands. You know, the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Uh, we're talking. Fuck the doors we're talking, Grateful Dead, obviously. Um, they're very thick with talking about weed. I mean, their music and weed went synonymously with each other and their lyrics represent that. They talk about it all the time. Very they, they they didn't want any songs from the tambourine man. That's that's <laughs> for sure. They didn't want puffed the right. that magic. Area. And that's just what I was trying to reference. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to reference. It's not like they were outward about it. Nancy, what do you think? Pretty you, know, you're doing a, you do a music show. Were they outward? Do you feel like the 60s were outward about their marijuana use in their music? So marijuana and music go back way further than that, actually. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So do you, wait, do, you dis- do you agree with... So no, I, you, I, we got I don't it from agree. the Nerd Corner and Dave. Oh, okay, Nancy, so... What era of music do you have? What do you believe is the most influenced by weed? And why are these three wrong? I would, well, I didn't want to say like, the early 20th century jazz. Um, I mean, aside from the stereotypes. Really? And, yeah. Um, Louis Armstrong, or sorry, Louis Armstrong, you know, he talked about smoking weed and how it affected his ability to write music. And that's really what we were getting at is how did weed affect the music culture? It wasn't talked about at all. Most jazz didn't even have lyrics but it very much affected how they wrote, their creativity, their ability to experiment. Yeah. So I would say it was 30s, maybe, jazz, that was the most influenced by it. By the 60s, it wasn't a music era. It was the entire culture. That, to me, and and the music wasn't affected by the weed as much as it was 
the music was a way to share weed stories and you didn't hear about it in the music because they couldn't talk about it. So it was all in code. Well, um, I, and I, I think that's a big distinction there because it's as far as influence in the actual music. Yeah. I, I definitely think you're right there on jazz. I think the sixties, like you said, though, it was definitely more, even when it was coded, I, I think it was more in the forefront of the wider culture. Yeah. But as, as far as the actual like structural music, then yeah, you jazz definitely. They yeah. were all getting hot. Yes, very much so. There was a lot of it. And it, it, it spread through uh, from South America and Mexico into the South. And, you know, I mean, not the racial thing, but the, the jazz music mm. culture in general, it appealed to them. And like I said, it sparked creativity and they explored. That's why jazz is really out there. If you listen to their music, they, they make rules and then break them all the time. The best way to describe it is it's musical masturbation. <laughs> It's literally well, just somebody fucking yeah. around with the rules and then bending them every once in a while. Well, it's part of the reason. This Todd's loves been so masturbation well. analogies. <laughs> but you this look at it's part of the reason. Analogies. Uh, but you look at it's part of the reason that that pot was illegal for as long as it was. It yes. was you. Ha you have to keep those white women away from the jazz clubs. Yep. Yeah, what's yeah. incredible, you know, this is what's incredible to me about weed and music is that it has been going on since the turn of the century. And I guarantee that as marijuana was proliferating through South America into Mexico, music went along with it. So how many cultural songs from these, you know, Latin American people have songs about weed that are fucking like hundreds of years old? So, so it, that's actually really, it's an interesting point because I, I didn't want to take it back that far. I figured we keep it to American culture at least. But yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the weed that influenced jazz musicians came across with South American tribal, tribal, you know, cultural practices that included music as well. I mean, theirs may have had more of a religious or a tradition connotation to it, but absolutely the marijuana was a part of that experience too. And I mean, then you can go back even further because music, there's, there's a lot of debate about when music really started and, and how it started. But I mean, there's a very good chance that those, marijuana or peyote induced types of mm. tribal events way way back thousands of years ago were also influenced by you know whatever drugs they were doing and that influenced their music which at the time was just drums and singing the gods or whatever but it it expanded throughout so it's always influenced music man this show just got deep this is the deepest show we've got now, if you the answer, anthropology that I do have a music show coming up, and I'm actually going to talk about the history of music in depth in my first episode. It's really yes. interesting. So, yeah. But yeah, that was the best plug we had. That was. A, somebody got high and picked up a whalebone or a bear bone, I think it was, and they just, you know, they drilled a hole in it, and they were like, "Oh shit, it whistles!" Like that, that is plug was so much better than Santori's segue. <laughs> so that that I really enjoyed. Um, and I'll start with you since you're the only one, Nancy, who went against the grain. So we've been through music since mm -hmm. the beginning. You know, you took us back to the beginning. Today, though, it's all over the place. I hear it in rock. I hear it in rap. I hear it in pop. I hear it in country. What genre? Where's the genre? What's the what's each genre nowadays? I, I don't know. I think it's like beer. I, I don't think you can attach it to a current music genre right now. I think every genre, I mean, even television shows, like primetime television shows have people joking about edibles, you know, 
So I don't, I don't know, because I saw that, you know, Dave's wonderful outlines. I thought about this question a lot, and I really, I was all over the place when I looked at it, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, I, I don't even catch, like, there's no more Inside Weed references in music anymore, because they don't have to code it anymore. So now if they talk about it so nonchalant, I don't even notice. But... Yeah. What do you think I, about that, Santori? Do you think that what? we that we can be defined to a genre nowadays? Can we be defined to one genre of music nowadays? I mean, it, it, sure. Why not? I mean, it's like not going anywhere, and it's legal in a lot of states, and it needs to be legal everywhere. So yeah, I'm I'm for it. Man, I can tell when Santori gets super duper stoned because his answers become like these just like closing out areas. Right. Uh, Chris, what do you think about that? What uh, nowadays is Nancy Reich? Is does is there a genre that represents weed? Um, no. I, I don't think currently yeah no i can't think of anything that would be as representative i mean you look at you had rock for a long time that that would be the genre that at least in pop culture the last 40 50 years uh where it was heavily associated you had in the 90s and 2000 it was really tied in with hip-hop but now like nancy was saying it's just it's kind of everywhere so i don't think you have any one style now that has a sort of a monopoly on weed or, or one that's even that you would think of as being the most synonymous because it's just everywhere. Yeah. Dave, your question seems bunk. Do you have an answer that unbunks your question? Is there a genre of music that you would say define? I think nowadays, no, you, I don't think you really can. Um, but a the whole reason, I think, why we're in a place now where weed really can't be defined is because of that early 90s rap. Because early 90s rap, they really talked a lot about smoking weed in those albums. And they went massive. Fucking yeah. Dr. Dre, the chronic, was massive. And those people who grew up listening to The Chronic are now making the marijuana laws. I mean, now it's you know, to a point where you can't but define it by a genre, but it's because of that explosion of the weed culture in 1990s hip hop that we are where we are today. The end. Interesting. And do you think that, that where we are with legalization today or just as far as the music, do you think 90s hip hop mainstream mainstreamed the marijuana? Oh yeah, 90s, 90s uh, pop culture, uh, marijuana and pop culture lay, set the groundwork for today. I, I, you can definitely tie back current marijuana laws with how uh, much they're inundated with weed and pop culture at that time. Yeah. So we've learned to smoke weed from the 90s, but we haven't learned from arresting black people and beating them down for no reason from the 90s. So no. it's a weird thing that happens. Dave, take it off. Is there one band, song, or album that you think most represents weed to you? What is it? What is your one band, song, or album that represents weed to you? 
Well, as you can see, my uh, background has changed. Well, let me go. <laughs> Fucking Dr. Uh, Dre's The Chronic, to me, is the epitome of music and weed. It's literally named The Chronic, and it's, it's the whole album of talking about smoking mm. weed. And we were in high school, and we had impressionable brains. And we listened to this song, this album, and we fucking smoked a shit ton of weed to this album. So to me, even though I'm a full-blown metalhead, this album and music, they're, they go hand in hand. I, I can't have one without the other. And it just became available on Spotify. So great choice an album. It's definitely there's a difference between the original Chronic and the Chronic 2000. No, the, the actual Chronic is on Spotify now. In like, my personal. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, that's <laughs> a strong place in music. No, no, I think I think our audio fell off a little bit, but no, it has a strong place uh, in my music and smoking history. So I I definitely say it, good call on that. Santori, you tell me, what is there one particular band, song, or album that you think best represents weed in pop culture or weed to you in general? Anything by Bob Marley. That's a good one. Yeah. That's that's a good a, one. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Dealing with artists. Yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend whose dad uh, was a uh, security guard in Hawaii. And when Bob Marley came out there, Bob Marley was not popular in Hawaii. He was not like he was in the States at this point. So when he came out to do a concert, like 16 people showed up. And so when the 16 people showed up, Bob Marley came out, he's like, this, I, I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous. Just come up on stage. We'll smoke some weed and we'll, and I'll just play some music for you guys. And they like sat and smoked weed and played music for three hours because Hawaii did not give a shit about Bob Marley for a long, long time after he came back. Chris, what about you? You got a band, a song, an album that makes you think that represents weed to you or weed and pop culture in general? Honestly, I didn't even thought about uh, Marley until Santori said it, but definitely Marley's in there. Um, as far as an actual song, though, just Weed Song by Bone Thugs and Harmony, because I remember smoking a lot of blunts <laughs> to oh, that yeah, song sure. in high school. <laughs> Like, bone and weed yeah. go hand in hand as well, man. I love bone too. Bone is great. Oh yeah. <laughs> there he is. Nancy, what about you? Where, where, where's your mind on this? I was just okay. gonna go. I mean, every generation, as we've established, has had weed references in in, in their stuff. So I, you know, I don't want to give it to first, but I will say, for me personally, in my childhood or teenage years anyways. It was just in general 90s West Coast hip hop. That could be Tupac, Dr. Dre, Cypress Hill. They all very much influenced all of the good and bad decisions that I made in those formidable years. And a lot of it had to do with smoking a shit ton of weed. So, but yeah, that, I think that would be it. A lot of weed was consumed to those rap groups in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I can remember so listening to Cypress Hill hits from the bong. I want to get high, like just over and over and over and over. As I took so hits from of, my ball. See, so one of mine that I'm going to go with, and this one I actually have an answer for, my relation to weed and music that stands out the most would be Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and that's because there is the 
a reason specifically for that. When I first went to college in Greeley, I met this guy named Ben Brubaker, and he's exactly what every hippie that you ever thought would be. He had long hair, a long beard. He wore shoes that were painted different colors and everything. And he would have me come over to his house. The dude had no TV, but he would literally we give me just high as shit. And we listened to stupid Sgt. Pepper, this Lonely Hearts Club band, like a hundred times over every time I went there. Like he had to play it at least once when we got in there and described him every single song that went with me. Uh, and so it was just very, it's what I imagined it was probably like for people in like the late sixties and everything and just getting high and no TV, none of that other shit. He was, it was just been really fucking like just chilling out. And so that's my relation to it in a personal way. Is it, I think it's a lot about a lot more drugs than weed, uh, that particular album especially. But uh, yeah, that's the one I associated with. I'm going to start off the next part, which was a concert, because I've only been to a handful of concerts. I've been to maybe like five in my day. So uh, most recently uh, with the Mile I'd have High to go Podcast. Down to, I did go to a concert with the Mile High Podcast. That was a great one. That was a good one. Um, it's in my uh, but I'm going to say the best concert that I personally ever saw, the one I enjoyed the most, I saw a Garth Brooks in concert, and I think Garth Brooks put up, puts on an absolutely amazing concert. Uh, he came out of the piano. He he runs all over the stage. He really made those stadium concerts his bitch in the late 90s, and so uh, I don't have a large thing to pick from, so I'm going to go with Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is a good place to go. I'm going to go to Chris because I can make this reference early. Chris was the best concert you ever went to, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shell concert. <laughs> I, th I, I think I still have the cassette tape somewhere. So I'm looking forward to finding that when I go through uh, all my stuff. First concert. Which is that is... with uh, Vanilla Ice? No, this one. Go. This was, they had like a Turtles group in the 90s and like Redder did a rap song. They did soft rock. It, it was weird. It was the 90s though. So first concert. Um, for me, like individual concerts, I'd say B.B. Uh, King and the Eagles both put on uh, fantastic shows. Uh, no doubt absolutely amazing and i'm not the the biggest no doubt fan like i like the music but it was not one of those bands i'm like i have to see them live they were great uh system of a down is great um as far as consistency though uh gotta go with nine inch nails i've seen trent like six times now i think uh from really small venue shows to stadium shows and just uh, always amazing and uh, it was interesting because it, it's an art, he's an artist who's known for the big stage shows and the huge production. And the first couple of times I saw it was really small venues and only recently got to see the, uh, the full on touring stage show uh, and that whole production. So that was amazing. Although I will give a uh, honorable mention to Jane's Addiction. Never been a big Jane's Addiction fan, but. I saw them touring years ago, actually, with Nine Inch Nails, and Trent didn't give a fuck that night, so Nine Inch Nails was just kind of awful. 
Jane's Addiction, surprisingly really entertaining. I saw that same show. Not- I think we were at the same concert, dude, and I don't know what you're talking about, but Nice Nails always throws down. <laughs> no, the, the one he did in California, Trent, like, did not give a shit. And the person I was dating at the time actually messaged him, uh, did a tweet or something of, because uh, it was her first time seeing it. it's like, you know, uh, give a shit next time. And he responded, it's like, yeah, give me an audience that gives a shit. So, it, Trent, that wasn't Trent, here in Denver, though, right? No, that was out in yeah, California. We fucking tore it up in Denver. It was yeah, a great and, show. and that's why I surprised. It was a, it was an aberration there, but I, Trent Trent was being a little pouty that night. But luckily, Jane's addiction did they somewhat resemble? <laughs> Were they caught? Street Sweeper the Social show? Club, who opened that show, they fucking blew the house up too. I mean, it was a great band. It was like a Rage Against the Machine and bootsy collins um, i got in right at the end of streets we, yeah, were, we were waiting in line yeah that and that's what i'd heard about them yeah they're really good yeah so i'm gonna just kind of jump uh after chris i was gonna say dave i'm gonna go yeah, to look at my fucking background your background <laughs> yeah so i've been a huge nine snails yeah. fan for a really long time and the top three favorite concerts i have are all nine snail shows just different ones <laughs> Um, wow. But then the number one was Nine Snails open for David Bowie in the late 90s. Oh. It was fucking incredible. Like, I had Ooh. never seen David Bowie. I, I've oh. known of David Bowie, but up to then, he was just the dude from Labyrinth. And that I was introduced to fucking David Bowie after he opened or after my favorite mm-hmm. band opened for him. So that's a, a memory I'll keep with me my entire life. It was such an incredible show. Nice. Yeah. I, I do have to share one Nine Inch Nails thing that uh, we were at what was that trend every couple of years says he's going to stop. Uh, what ended up being the last planned Nine Inch Nails show they had. So the people watching there was fun. But I remember cracking up because we were in the pit uh, and turning around and right in the front row in the balcony, it's Penn and Rick Rubin which is just the oddest fucking duo to see at a concert. <laughs> Weird. Like Penn from Penn and Teller? Yes, and Rick Rubin with the gigantic beard. Right, right. Weird. That would be weird. Santori, what about you, man? What is your the best concert you've ever been to? Are you a Nine Inch Nails guy? I'm a Nine Inch Nails guy, but the best concert I ever went to was uh, Sinatra in 92 at Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. Wow, that's awesome. Respect. That is. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I did yeah. not see that going. Yeah, no, Sinatra all day. It's I was very pro- fortunate to see him. So. I was going to say, yeah, because Sinatra was not young in 92. No. No, Sinatra no. So, young. yeah, I was very lucky to be able to see him before he, the great man left. So yeah, Sinatra. All Weird, day. I'm gonna ask, what's the worst concert you ever seen? Just out of curiosity, Santori. Oh man, that's a good question because there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, uh, I would have to say fucking Limp Biscuit at Ozfest. They were terrible. Tried their stuff. I didn't know. You didn't need to tell us any more than Limp Biscuit. Limp yeah, Biscuit covered that whole thing. Uh, all right, good. What about you, Nancy? What's about? What's your favorite concert? Okay, um, so there were two. When I was little, I really liked Bob Dylan, and my parents had taken me to this thing. It was an Amnesty International concert. I don't know if it's an organization that, like, ends child slavery and all kinds of things, supposedly. Anyways, it was, like, 
Yeah, but it was like Peter Gabriel, Bob Dylan, Tracy Chapman, Sting, um, like a wide variety of early 80s type stuff. And Bob Dylan came and I knew all his songs and I was little, like six or seven maybe. And I we were towards the front of the stage and I started singing along and everybody thought it was weird somebody so little knew every word to every Bob Dylan song. And they were like, put her on the stage, put her on the stage. But my dad, of course, isn't gonna let anybody take me up. He was like, no. And so then at the end of the song though, Dylan did, I swear to God, walked over, shook my hand and was like, hey baby, I'm sorry. You know, and just like, thanks for singing along and walked off. And it was really cool. That was a cool experience. But my favorite concert personally, overall, I went to this thing called Reggae on the River. It's a three-day camping music festival in Northern California. Um, these old hippies bought a bunch of property up in the Redwood Forests. And so for three days, they have a permit for a giant party. But because it's a party and it's not a concert venue, like there's no, there's no police, there's no law enforcement, and you camp there. So there's, there's just, it's wild for three days and it's all reggae music. And um, like the year I went, it was their 20th anniversary. So they had like Jimmy Cliff, um, they had like some of the Marley family. I can't remember which one because a couple of them do things. So many of them. Culture. Yeah, there, there's, Marley. there's constantly a Marley kid touring around yeah. somewhere. Uh, I mean, and they, they all, all look like them. Bob Marley. But they yeah. all look exactly like Bob Marley. It's amazing. They do. Yeah, it's very, very tough. So very it's really fucked up. Like I said, like you're just walking around and girls are belly dancing and whispering. I got coke. I got shrooms. Like in your ear, and you just. I mean, people just follow people into tents. It was. I've never seen it's like Woodstock but and it's amazing because all the cops and paramedics wait right outside the property line it just in case like because they will carry sick people towards the property or whatever and they have like an emergency thing inside but there's no police allowed on there so it's it's very very wild and the nearest city is like a 40 minute drive away you're in the forest super high just listening to reggae and it doesn't stop like they they close for like two hours from 4 a.m to 6 a.m that's it so it was intense. That's how Miami rolls. <laughs> it was intense. It was really, really fun. Um, and that was probably the best concert. Other than that, I spent a lot of time going to rap concerts and then realizing that it's not that impressive. Like, I'd rather hear it on the album itself, I guess. I don't know. It's just, I, I like, I don't know. And then same thing with bands. Sometimes I go see them live and I'm, I'm disappointed. Like Chris's experience with Trent, not that that's necessarily the case all the time, but even if they're just having an off night, I hate to pay a lot of money for big names when they aren't as good as I know they should be that night. Whereas I love to walk into like a dive bar real cheap and find a local band that you didn't expect to be good and have them surprise you. That's my favorite thing. Chris, you look like you wanted to jump in on that. No, I was just thinking about one of my best uh, experiences of having low expectations and having them completely met, falling asleep through Disturbed at a uh, festival concert. And it was great. It had been a long day and Disturbed was the next band on. I'm like, I have like 45 minutes. The <laughs> person who I was dating at the time did not like that. But yeah, I, I slept. It was awesome. Nice. They flew I off in a helicopter at the end because they think they're, I don't know. <laughs> I, as a kid, nice. like New Kids on the Block and I went to their concert. So then as an older adult, my sister, who's significantly younger than me, went to, wanted to go to NSYNC for her birthday, and I volunteered to do the driving so she didn't have to go with her mom and her friends. And I was, I like, I bought a beer, and I was ready to just sit down and be bored for I don't even know mm. how many hours. 
And then I was pleasantly surprised to find out that unlike New Kids on the Block, they really could at least sing. Like, I didn't love their songs, but at least they could really kind of sing. And that was interesting. So I got to see Justin Timberlake and that was fun. But Well, actually, uh, your host, James, here was a rather large fan, had the poster on his wall and had our mother drive him. He could not get the concert tickets, but take oh. him to uh, sit outside the concert so he could oh. listen to the boys singing. I'm so sorry. Let's find out who has their picture underneath that uh, poster. I because I was a little kid and you were like, stand there. <laughs> and you were my big brother. Of course, I'm going to stand somewhere. You're like, yeah, I got that photo beneath the poster I had hanging in my room. I don't know why people I did that kind of stuff. I, we all did weird stuff like that. Also, when I was a kid, we lived near the Coliseum in our city. I, I lived in Oakland. And so there were times where we would honestly just pull, like my dad and grandma hated this, but we'd pull the living room couch out on our porch and just sit out on the porch in the summer and listen to music for free. But I didn't get to see the shows, but it was all kinds of people. So. Well, it, and that's one thing I hate, actually, just with the concerts in general, with everything moving to like the indoor shows is you don't have those venues. Because I think a lot of yeah. people growing up had that place where you could go outside and hear it. And now it's like everything's inside an indoor stadium yeah. and you can't go get high and hang out with your friends in the car out in the parking lot and just yeah, listen. It's stupid you would think the venues would want that because i mean it still brings in other forms of business i mean i know they're technically stealing the show but they don't get to see it that way and they're mm -hmm. still you know they're gonna go spend money at those restaurants and stuff nearby too you would think people would make it easier but i guess from a performer's perspective maybe they don't want to share their show for free so. very true that is why nancy hosts the music show on uh for talking Pacific because she knows that much about music. We're going to do something very weird because we're about to go to James's game, but to make this cut and edit a little easier, I'm going to do a quick circle of plugs and then I'm going to read some of her information and I'm going to read it at James's game as well. We plug Nancy's show. It's going to be coming around soon. I definitely hope. We hope this <laughs> month. Uh, yes. Her corner, what do you got going on? Um, just the streams are still intermittent right now, but um, had different gaming streams up. So we have the Jackbox. Uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, art and VR with Tilt Brush and a couple different things I'm working on there. But twitch.tv slash nerd underscore corner and then uh, whatever other stuff I'm throwing up under the Nerd Corner playlist on Truckee Pacific page. Nice. Nice. Santori, what do you got going on, man? Do a promotion. Do give me one, one more promotion out of here. All right. Um, Santori Unplugged on World Generation Podcast, Wednesday nights, uh, 8 o'clock, Colorado, 9 o'clock, Minnesota, 10 o'clock, Orlando, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. And see uh, some videos from me on Facebook, Santori on Facebook. What Chantel. time is it on in Terre Haute, Indiana? That would be at 10 o'clock. Oh. 10 o'clock. I think it'd be 9 o'clock. Yeah. No, it'd be 10 o'clock. I, I, I think it'd be 10 o'clock. I don't think they follow daylight savings time. So that's no, the question. If you know, say that in the comments. But we're Dave's guessing nine, Santori's <laughs> That's, that's we'll horrifying. Time you can listen to a show in Terre Haute. Ah! <laughs> 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 ah! There's a cat. Sorry. 
Dave. So you got a pitch for me? Yeah. Um, right now, uh, my my son and I we finally watched Lost Boys together. So we did uh, Mile High podcast reviews where we're reviewing Lost Boys. Um, I did a uh, Racing Space read along podcast this week. Put that up. Uh, I'm recording the next one, um, and that's pretty much all I got going on. Uh, I'm editing my book. I just finished the second draft, so got one more draft to go before I send it to the publisher. So that's uh, what I've been working on right now. Very nice. Nice. Very exciting. Well, guys, if you need to reach us, thank you for being for this first half of the Mile High Podcast. You can reach us at Facebook at the Mile High Podcast and at Trucking Pacific on Facebook. You can find Santori at, at Santori on Facebook. He's got a lot of likes on his page. If you want to like his show, you can go to the Santori Unplugged uh, Facebook page from there. Our Instagram is at Mile High Podcast. You can find us, you can email us at milehighpodcast at gmail.com and Truckee Pacific Productions. That is a very long name, but you can email us at that. At it's because Truckee Pacific was already taken. Is, <laughs> I had to, uh, to be creative. I think I, I think I might own that. I think I might own that. <laughs> uh, you can get us at Twitter at uh, High Podcast. And if you like giving us money, go to Vimo and give us money Venmo. at uh, High Podcast. Venmo. Give Damn it, money. I tried to do it right. Don't get the money one wrong. All right, so we're about to we're about to do James's game. So if you want to stick around for that, please do so. Other than that, thank you for tuning in. There you go. Hi, my name is Dave, and I'm one of the creators of Chucky Pacific Productions. If you're one of the millions of others who are sitting on your ass and in desperate need of entertainment, Chucky Pacific Productions is here for you. Check out one of our podcasts, such as our highbrow stoner pop culture podcast, The Ma High Podcast. Or for you sci-fi nerds out there, we have the Race to Space Read-Along Podcast. All podcasts can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. For you streamers out there, we have the Nerd Corner on Twitch. And for those of you who need relationship advice, check out James and Melody on our Facebook Live series, Surviving the Quarantine. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come check out Truckee Pacific Productions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. If you listen to the first half of my live podcast tonight... Uh, you knew we were about to do James's game, which is something that we do every week on the Mile Podcast. Nerd Corner could not be here right now. They had prior engagements. But we have Santori. We have Santori, who has a cameraman as well, to be his lifeline on questions. If he doesn't know it, we won't say who the cameraman is, but he has one. We have Dave and we have Nancy. And we have about a three-part game that we're going to do, and it's all based on music. So I'm going to explain the rules, and then we're going to go through it. Right now, first thing, this is a team game. You want to make it to the end of these 20 questions. Here are the rules. You can only miss two questions. If you miss two questions, you are out of the game. You may pass one question. So you can miss two questions and pass one question. That's all it is to it. I'm going to go in a circle. If you can't all get to 20, you lose the game. So you are a team. Those letters I had you write have nothing to do with this game, so set those off to the side. We are going to start off in the visual way that I see it, which starts us off with our comedian friend, Santori. First question, Santori, do you understand the rules? You have two. You can get the question wrong twice, and you can pass them once. You're working as a team. Do you understand the rules on how we're doing this? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do I do I do? do I okay, the, like, good. Questions? Do you need a lifeline to answer that? Do I need? Do I need? Am I answering questions with my letters now or no? 
as I need to know. You're no, no, not with your letters. That was specifically like the early part of the rules. No, I know the rules. I'm saying, no, I'm saying when you do ask me the question, right? No, no, you're gonna. This is gonna be. I'm going to ask you, and you're just gonna give me just a regular answer. You're gonna give me the answer to the question. The letters come later. All right. So you're trying to get to 20 questions as a team. We'll see how we do. Santori, number one question: Who was the first country artist? to sell over 10 million copies of an album? I'm gonna say Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Gonna say Garth Brooks and Nancy and Dave, just out of curiosity, do you agree with him? I don't know anything about country music. <laughs> so I, if he says Garth Brooks, and he said it with conviction, so I'm gonna say Garth Brooks as well then. Yeah, hey, I'm, it's a respectable guess. Yeah, Thank yeah. Thank you. And you know what? That was an excellent, respectable guess. You have made it past the first Gosh. question. Yes. Santori, nice job, Santori. Right. Way to start us off. There you, go. you guys have only 19 other questions to answer. Let's see how you do. That'll uh, be the only one are, we get right. These are variants of questions, so I hope they work for you. So, Nancy, you'll probably get this one, or you should. What studio did the Beatles use to record 191 songs. Oh. Pass. Pass. Is it, is it yeah, Apple like Studios? Apple Pass. Apple okay, <laughs> Dave says Apple Studios. Santori, do you have a guess outside of Apple Studios and a pass? Abbey Road. Since oh. she passed it and somebody else answered it, once again, Santori is keeping you down that list. Nancy, you have zero passes left. That was the you name of the studio, the Abbey Road. It was. It was the name of the studio. Nice. Uh, was Abbey Road. So, uh, yeah, you're good you're, job, Santori. Looking good. Thank you. Yeah, he's killing it. There you go. Um, all right, Dave. This one's for you. What Michael Jackson album is the second best-selling album ever? Thriller. Santori, do you agree with the thriller? No, I'm, I'm okay. I'm gonna go on, on a limb here. I don't really know for sure, but I think the way that you phrase that question says <laughs> that it's number two. So I think thriller is number one, and I think like bad is number two. You gotta give me one of those two answers. Is it gonna be thriller? Or is it gonna be bad? I'll read it again. What Michael Jackson album is the second best-selling album ever? I'll say oh. Thriller. I'm going to go Thriller. Yeah, Thriller. I, I agree with you. Santori, what do you think of that? I'm going to have to agree with that. That's, that's tough, but I'm going to agree with that. I'd like to yes. submit my vote. <laughs> I'm going to okay, go with... Hey, cameraman. <laughs> I'm going to go with Billie Jean. <laughs> that's off the Thriller. Hey, yeah, that's off of the Thriller album. So all of you were correct. We finished question number three. Man, we're three and oh, man. Three and oh. We're three and oh. Yeah, you're doing really good. Now, for some reason, when you guys... It was really tricky, so you gotta listen. Some reason how you guys are sitting changed, but I'm gonna stay in the same order I started with. So, Santori. Yes, sir. What Elton John song is the best selling single in history? I really, it's me and Tony to answer, and I'm supposed to end. Fuck, Tony to answer. Santori's going to go with Tiny Dancer as the Elton John song that is the best 
selling, single in history. Is that your final answer, Santori? No, it's not. Candle in the wind. The Princess Diana version, right? Huh? Dave goes with that. Princess Diana version? Because that was my that was what I thought. It was the John John Princess Diana Candle in the Wind. Candle in the Wind. I just remember Candle. What about you, Nancy? What do you think? Is he right? Is my oh, is he right? He might be right, but I wonder if it's um because he did the Lion King album, and I'm wondering a circle of life. Shantori has once again come wow. to the right. To, I thought you were going to get knocked out, but it is Candle in the Wind. It is the 1997 version. Princess Diana, Candle in the Wind. Got that one. Nice job, Santori. Thank you. Good job, Santori. Nancy, this one's up to you. You, you, uh, You're the only one who's used to pass or anything. You can't pass. You need to answer and get it wrong or right. What is Jay-Z's real name? Oh, oh. Oh, I don't know. God dang it. I don't, I don't, I have to admit, I don't know. They made an album together, Jay-Z. Stop. Stop, Rashido. <laughs> you really don't know? Does anyone, including the camera oh, guy, have a Carter. Guess? Carter. Chris Carter. Something Carter. I need a first name. What were you gonna say, Santoria? Can I get a no, no, I can't. Huh? I don't I have no idea who that is. Chris Carter? I'll let somebody else. I think the, it the is cam camera guy says Chris Carter. I think it is. <laughs> I thought it was All right. What do you um, think, Nancy? I'll go with Chris Carter since he said it, because I, I know it's Carter something, but. Well, we moved by question five, but Nancy has one strike against her. If she gets one more, she's out of the game. Aww. Yeah, Jay I'm good at music theory, name. not music trivia. There's a huge difference. <laughs> Jay-Z's real name, for those of you who did not know, is Sean Carter. Sean ah. Carter is Jay-Z's real name. Yeah, I would never have got that. Thank All you. right, Dave, let's hope you get this one. What guitarist released his band's first album, Are You Experienced, in 1967? Yeah, I'd know that. What guitarist released their band's first single in 1967? First album, first album Are You album. Experienced, album, not single, album. I, I'm going to say Van Halen. With the way that that was, the way that that was phrased, I'm gonna say. So, but okay, really is know. that your final answer? You have, you do have a pass if you want to use it. I'm gonna pass it to Santori because he seems to know. This is like his strong suit, so I'm gonna pass it to Santori. <laughs> so Davis passed it on to Santori. Santori, what guitarist released his band's first album? Are you experienced in 1967? Jimmy Hendrix. Oh man, I was yes. Mike Santori is keeping this game alive for both of you. You have both used the pass. Nancy has one strike. He is absolutely correct. It was Jimi Hendrix. And uh, lucky for you, we're going right back to Santori because that's how the order fell. Santori, what rock band was made up of Robert Plant, Don Paul? He didn't even let me finish the question. Because you said right. Robert Plant first. <laughs> it's the way the question was worded. All right, so Nancy, if you get this question wrong, we are okay, coming but, back to it. 
ask me some classic rock questions like that. Like, <laughs> just the order of the list, or not I'm, I studios and official names. <laughs> okay, this is an artist. This is an artist. So let's see what you can do with this. Oh. What singer recorded "Age Ain't Nothing But a Number"? Aaliyah. And and Nancy. Nice. Takes us past question number eight with the pushing. I am redeemed. <laughs> okay. You have stayed alive for another round. Dave, you don't have any passes left over. So, uh, and this might be an interesting question. You may know this one. I, I'm, I'm curious. Number nine, Sugar, We're Going Down, Dance Dance, and A Little Less 16 Candles, A Little More Touch Me, appear on what fallout boy album i have no clue i have never listened to fall boy song never but i don't I have no idea yeah you if you know pass. that you're out of the herd I'm you out. can't pass out. so i need you to give me a bad answer give all right me, what do you name what do you think their name fallout boy the black album <laughs> <laughs> dave is not correct about that santori or nancy do you either of you have a guess Fallout Boy. Dantori, are you your yeah, big Fallout Boy fan? If I say anything, I say Fallout Boy, Fallout Boy. No, it is from an album called From Under the Cork Tree. Yeah. So we passed question nine, but both Nancy and Dave have used their passes, and they both have one strike against them. Santori is the only one that does not have a strike against them, which is perfect because he's the one the next question goes to. Santori, what band is made up of Joe and Paul DeGeorge is the founder of Wizard Rock? Well, what band, let me read that again. What band made up of Joe and Paul DeGeorge is the founder of Wizard Rock? Fuck. I'm going to have to pass. Mm. <laughs> have to pass. He uses his first pass. So listen to the question. I'll give you guys a clue. I'd be impressed if you knew this right away uh, because I didn't know it. But listen to the question very closely. I'll let you both guess. And if you get it right, we'll see where we go. What band is made up of Joe and Paul DeGeorge is the founder of Wizard Rock? I think it's The Who. Because he said wizard. I don't know. I'm thinking pinball wizard. The only wizard I know is Harry Potter. So yeah. I'm going to go... If you were to name that into a bear, what would you call it? Harry Potter. And Close. his wizards and his wizards three. The band's name is Harry and the Potters. Clever. Um, yeah. Almost yeah, as good as Oakley Doakley, the uh, Ned Flanders was, metal band. I was way off. Well, that's it. Everybody has used their pass. I was worried that you guys were going to get knocked out before Santori could use his pass. We're 10 questions in. We have to make it another 10 questions. You can only get a total of four of them wrong between you guys. So, I'm pretty impressed that Nancy. we only got a couple wrong. <clears throat> yeah, you've done they were mostly me. So far. <laughs> well, let's see what we can strong, do with Nancy. All right. I think you got to end the other end strong. What singer fronted the Black Eyed Peas and released her own album, The Duchess, in 2006? Oh. Who's that for? It's for, for me. For Nancy. Oh, okay. 
I know. She, oh, my, she pissed her my pants mom, on my, stage. I can't think of her name, though. I'm so bad with names. You got to give me a name, Angie. She's married to Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, it's, I, I need like a letter. Um, fuck. Why'd you give me a name question? No. Uh, I haven't thought about her in enough years to think of her name. I'm sorry, guys. So make up a name for me. Give me a raw name. I don't know. Chrissy. I don't know. <laughs> Nancy is out of this game. Ah. Dave and Santori have to carry it all the way in. Dave or Santori, who wants to answer that for me? Would it be Fergie? Fergie. Ah! It is Fergie. That is right. Nancy, not only are you out of the game, but we just get to sit and look at your pretty face because you're muted. You're knocked out. <laughs> Bye-bye, Nancy. Sorry, Nancy. So Nancy is muted out of this game, and now it is just the two of you. You have eight questions left. You got to make it all the way to the end. Dave, it goes to you. If you get this wrong, you are also out of this game. Oh, pressure, David. There is a lot of pressure because, mm. you know, I never realized that Santori is like an encyclopedia of music <laughs> he knowledge. He knows a lot of music, David. Like, I've, I'd like give him a song and he, na he names years. <laughs> he's like the rain man of like, music. I'm telling you. He's going to be your, he's going to be your big hope here, but I'll be impressed if you know this. It's out of your genre, I know. Dave, whose album, Love, Pain, and the whole crazy thing includes the single, I Told You So? I'm going to say Kanye West. That is my final answer. Oh, that I is your no final idea. answer because you're also out of the game and muted, Dave. Santori, do you have an answer? Uh, no. Pass. Well, that, that, you still have a second so pass. Have a second pass. Dave, you're muted. Thanks for playing. You'll be back for the next game. Santori, you're the only one that can take your team all the way to the end on this. Uh, what was the answer? The answer was Keith Urban. <laughs> Way off. Way off. So that's it. You guys are out. Santori, back and forth between me and you. You all have right. to carry the next seven questions all by yourself. All right. It's easy for you. I don't know. These have been the last three questions I did not know. You had uh, you did get two. You have two abilities to get to get it wrong. So keep oh, that okay. in mind. So yeah. you you have yeah, you got this. All right, good. All right. Number thirteen. What Christian rock crossover band is known for their rendition of the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything, as well as the singles "Who I Am," "Hates Who I've Been," and "Be My Escape." <laughs> I the only Christian rock band I ever known of, and only like really those two, and I've never those songs don't, I don't recognize. I'm just gonna say Striper. It's called Reliant K. So this yeah. I, we don't know what that is Santori. That was one of the two you can get wrong. You have six other questions. <laughs> you but you get, can skip two. Can I can I can skip two. No, you've already used your skip. There's no more oh. skip. He has to, oh. he yeah, has he to answer it. all of this. He got but, my but, he, but you do have you do have your secret cameraman help. So let's see what goes on with this. <laughs> what hip hop artist made his film debut in Stomp the Yard and is currently filming with Regina King? What <laughs> hip hop artist made his film debut 
in Stop the Yard and is currently filming with Regina King. Um, I can't do anything on this one. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm, not really. I don't, mm. And it's filming. So he's got to be like right now. Stomp the yard? Stomp the yard or stop? Stomp. Stomp. S T O M P. Stomp the yard. I don't. Um, I, I have to guess, huh? You have to give me a guess. I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. All right. He has a connection to Rihanna in some Chris way. Brown. Chris, Chris Brown. Brown does have a connection to Rihanna. It's not a great connection, but it's definitely the connection that we needed for you to move on to the next question. You get to go on. Take it. <laughs> All right. Thank God. Mike doesn't know his hip hop, but he knows his domestic abuse. <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, uh, so, final fives, Andor. You, you should be able to make it. I have to go that route. I really don't. Right. Sorry. Right. Sorry. The non woke answer that Sandori knows. Um, what self titled album? By an American Idol contestant, including includes singles "It's Not Over" and "Home," easily outsold the debut album of the winner oh, Taylor Hicks. Stupid name! Oh, what is his name? It's not over. It's, I know the dude's. I know the song. What the hell is his name? Oh, that dude's name. Uh, Je not Jeffrey, not Gregory. Uh. God, why is Chris Gaines jumping in my head for some reason? It's not, not Chris Gaines. That's John Brooks. Ah, damn it. Oh, man. It's a... Uh, Luke, Luke, Lucas, Luke, Luke, Luke. Mm. No. I, no, Santori. You are out. It is Daudry. 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 Oh, man. You really carried most of that game. But you guys fell out with one, two, five questions left. So I, I thought that you guys would really, you know, I thought, I thought running 20 questions would go a lot farther than that. I was really surprised, guys. So hard-ass questions, um, man. If you were yeah. like, who was the lead singer of Led Zeppelin? Like, yeah, we know that shit. Not like. Who beat Rihanna's ass in 2005? Who here did you think was going to know the Christian rock band? one of 15 questions. You guys do know you all passed one question and each got six of them wrong. They weren't all that hard. They're pretty hard. Okay, Jimi Hendrix has like two popular albums that everybody would know by name. And you know what I mean? And then you ask like ridiculous questions like that or what <laughs> the Abbey Road. Well, somebody knew that. One. I don't make the rules of James's game. I just play <laughs> James's game. It's literally called James's game. So I would yeah. say I anybody who changes the rules, it's you. It yeah. is all my rules, and we're changing in to our second game where you're competing against each other. So you're going to need these letters. Are they and the so, same kinds of questions? Uh, no, they're eighties. So okay. I okay. figured the I gotta, right group of people. We talk about 80s music. So here's how it's going to go. Do not show me the answers until I tell you to show me the answers. I'm going to read off a question. I'm going to give you a sequence of multiple choice answers. 
You're just showing to me that locks in your answer. You cannot change your answer after I put it in. You are competing against each other. At the end of this, one of you will be the champion of James's Games Music Edition. Everybody what do you win when you win James's Games? I'm curious. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. You don't want to watch me smoke weed. <laughs> on right. Hey, I, I, I have one on James's show. Game. Stanley will come to your house and look sad. That's what, that's what we can <laughs> promise here. We'll have a hot so, dog. Exactly. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to read off the question. I'm going to give you the four answers, four possible answers. Do not put them up until I tell you. All right. First question. What, which hit song featured the following lyric? The love we share seems to go nowhere. And I've lost my light. A, teardrops. B, tainted love. C, love action hyphen I believe in love. Or D, superwoman. I know this answer. I know this answer. All right. Does anyone need me to reread the question? I need you to re repeat what C was. Okay. So, we've got A, teardrops, B, tainted love, C, love action, D, superwoman. Okay. All right. At the count of three, I need you to put up your answers. One, two, three. <laughs> Nancy says A, Dave and Santori both say B. I grabbed the wrong thing. Oh, well. Oh, Nancy, that's <laughs> tough. I don't care. Because Santori and Dave both get a point. Nancy, you get a whole lot of zero on that one. I mean, line one, up one to zero. Better. All right. First question, everybody understand how this is going to work out going forward? Pretty simple, right? We've all played games. We've seen Big Brother. <laughs> question number two. Who sang the title track of the late 80s James Bond film, License to Kill? Was it A, Tina Turner, B, Patti LaBelle, C, Gladys Knight, or D, Shirley Bassey? Who sang the title track of the late 80s James Bond film, License to Kill? A, Tina Turner, B, Patti LaBelle, C. Gladys Knight, D. Shirley Bassey. Everyone has their answers ready? Three, two, one, show me your answers. I've got a Nancy, I can't see yours. <laughs> Nancy, just a D. Okay, I have an A, C, and D. Leave those up real quick. Dave's A, Santori is C, and Nancy is D. The correct answer is. Michael Santori with Gladys no Knight. Way. Gladys Knight wow. saying the late James Bond nice. film, License to Kill. Santori leads two to one to zero. Nancy has no points. Dave has one. Santori is kicking butt. He is definitely the music man. Let's see if it moves on. Let's see what he knows about De La Soul. <laughs> the Magic Number was a 1989 hit for the band De La Soul. Which of their albums did it appear on? Is it A, Three Feet High and Rising, B, Balone Mind State, C, De La Soul is Dead, or D, The Grind State? 
Which 1989 album of De La Soul did the magic number appear on? A, Three Feet and Rising, B, Balone Mind State, C, De La Soul is Dead, and D, The Grime State. Everyone get their answers ready at the count of three. One, two, three, bring them up. I got an A from Day, a D from Santori, and an A from Nancy. So, Dave and Nancy are A and D from Santori. The correct answer, A, three feet high and rising. Dave has tied it up with Santori and Nancy has made her way onto the board. There's so an actual game going nice on job, here. Nancy. Thank you. Santori that was nothing but a guess. I just mm -hmm. totally guessed. I have that album. Man. Do you? Yeah. No, I did. Uh, okay. The tape. Well, there you go. So we're we're all, we're we're having a pretty good game. I thought Nancy would be higher, but we'll see what's going on with that. Uh, question number four: Which 1980s Clash song, when re-released in 1991, went straight to number one in the UK? Was was it A. London Calling? Was it B. Straight to Hell? Was it C. Rock the cash box, or was it D? Should I stay or should I go? Which eighties? Repeat it. Yeah. Which eighties Clash song, when re-released in nineteen ninety-one, went straight to number one in the UK? <laughs> Is it A. London Calling, B. Straight to Hell, C. Rock the cash box? Or D, should I stay or should I go? And I need your questions up in three, two, one, put them up. I was so getting D, my charger. I, I was gonna say A, but you're just gonna have to take my word for it because I was getting okay. my charger. So my and Nancy goes with A, Dave goes with a D. The correct answer is, should I stay or should I go? Dave oh. has taken the lead with The Clash. But if you have not listened to London Calling by The Clash, you, that is like something you have to do in your lifetime is listen to London Calling. Start to finish. Yeah, Fucking nice. amazing. You guys, but it must be because it, Dave knew that it was going to be. Did you know that it was popular in the UK or was that just a guess, Dave? No, they're huge. They're, they're as big in the UK as the Ramones are here. I mean, they're, they're everywhere in Europe, just in Europe in general. But and anything they do is fucking huge. There you go. Yeah, I was going to say, should I stay or should I go? But you said London Common in the UK, so I got a sidetrack. You did the association with the, where yeah. they were at. No, like that's, that that's good you got, Well, you guys look like you're losing to Dave, so that's going to be a, that's going to be a pretty interesting thing. And we're moving on to our fifth question: Which Duran Duran song opened with a sample of laughter from the keyboardist's girlfriend? Was it? A, is there something I should know? B, hungry like a wolf. C, girls on film. Or D, the wild boys. Which Duran Duran song opened with a sample of laughter from the keyboardist girlfriend? A, is there something I should know? B, hungry like a wolf. C, girls on film. And D, the wild boys. I need your questions in three, two, one. Answers, not questions. I got an upside down B. Everybody says B, and it is B, hungry like a wolf. Everybody gets a point. Everybody moves up. Nothing changes in the game. 
all across the board. All right. Question number six. Complete the Kate Bush lyric from her 1985 song, Hounds of Love. Now the hounds of love are hunting. I've always been a coward. And I'm ashamed of running away. A. And I, okay, let me reread that. That got weird. Complete the lyric. Now the hounds of love are hunting. I've always been a coward. Is it A? And I'm ashamed of running away. B. And fill your arms around me. C. And of what was following me. Or D. And I, I don't know what's good for me. Will you just repeat the beginning lyric again? Yes. yes. Now the hounds of love are hunting. I've always been a coward. Does anybody need me to read the answers or are we all ready? No, we're good. Let's do it. Okay. Answers in three, two, one. Let's see them. I've got A, I've got C. Nancy, what do you got there? D. Okay, A, C, D. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Dave, Santori, Nancy. The correct answer is, and I don't know what's good for me, which is the one that Nancy went with, and she moves up, and she is now tied with Santori, and they're both only a single point behind nice. Dave. All right, now All it's right. a game. Now people are the out. The game is a foot. And the foot is a hand and the hand is an arm. All right. Which new wave, which new wave band scored the mid-80s hit somewhere in my heart? Was it A, Aztec Camera, B, Blondie, C, Ultravox, or D, the Thompson Twins? Which new wave bands, yeah, I'm going to read them again. Which new wave band scored the mid-80s hit somewhere in my heart? Was it A, Aztec Camera, B, Blondie, C, Ultravox, or D, Thompson Twins? And I need your answers in three, two, one. Damn it. What do you, what, I can't see it, Nancy. <laughs> what is it? It's an A. Nancy says A, and both of you guys say D. And the correct answer is Nancy again. Wow. With the correct answer. Wow, Nancy. Nancy has caught up to Dave. And now it's a game. Santori, strangely enough, has fallen behind on this. I thought it was wow. his place. We've redeemed ourselves, Dave. You made it come back. That was, that was a hard one. I, I thought yeah. for sure there would have been a new wave, like an actual new wave band. I went with, honestly, it was a logical guess. It was the only band I hadn't heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Or the song. All right. Or the song, exactly. <laughs> the work of Fritz Lang inspired which Madonna video? Was it A, Cherish? Was it B, Express Yourself? Was it C, Like a Prayer? Or D, Oh Father? The work of Fritz Lang inspired which Madonna video? Cherish, Express Yourself, Like a Prayer, or Old Father? And I need your answers in. Three, two, one. I got two A's and a C. And Santori and Nancy and Dave. And it was Express Yourself. No one 
Got that one right. No points for anyone. That was my backup guess. I knew it was a fashion thing, and the other two that you mentioned were not fashion videos. Nope, that was interesting. All right. The pencil sketch animation technique used in the AHA video, Take On Me, was known as what? A, onion skinning. B, still motion. C, pin screen. Or D, rotoscoping. The pencil sketch animation technique used in the AHA video Take On Me was known as one, onion skinning, B, still motion, C, pen screen, or D, rotoscoping. I need your answers in three, two, one. A, C, and C. Dave, Nancy, and Nancy, or Santoria, and Nancy. And the correct answer is rotoscoping. Nancy moves up to five, taking the lead, and Santori is now tied with Dave. Nancy, you started off low, but you are making a big push into our game right now. Nice. Welcome back. Now, <laughs> Santori and Nancy specifically, I believe, should know this one. Dave, we'll see what you do, because you got I'll see how you do on this. How many singles were released from the Prince album, Love Sexy? Was it A2, B3, C4, or D5? How many singles were released from the Prince album, Love Sexy? Two, three, four, five, in that order. Three, two, one, give me an answer, everybody. And Tori and Nancy. Everybody gave me a different answer, and the correct answer is... Nancy with three singles oh, out of that album. Oh, a Prince is, song. Yeah, Prince question. <laughs> Prince question worked out well for you. You have now you're now leading the gentlemen by two points each. It's gonna be a rush for them to catch up. And you are on a roll. I don't think you've gotten one wrong since you guys all got the expression. <laughs> um which British band had the massive hit? Fool's Gold. Sorry, which British band had the massive hit Fool's Gold? Was it A, the Stone Roses, B, Lloyd Cole and the Commotions, C, Pixies, or D, Joy Davison? Which British band had the massive hit? Was that Fools Joy Gold? Division or Joy Davidson? Oh, Joy, yeah, sorry, Joy Division. Okay, A, the Stone Roses. B, Lloyd Cole and the Commotions. C, Pixies, or D, Joy Division. I need your answers in three, two, one. D, A, so Dave and Nancy go with D. And the correct answer is A, the Stone Roses had the hit. Fool's goal. Nice job. And Tori has pulled away from Dave, and he's one point behind Nancy. Thank you. All right. We got a sting question, specifically a police question. Which one of these songs by the police did not chart in the 1980s? A, Don't Stand So Close to Me. B, Every Breath You Take. C, Walking on the Moon. Or D, wrapped around your finger. Which one of these songs by the police did not chart in the 1980s? Don't stand so close to me. Every breath you take. 
walking on the moon or wrapped around your finger? And I need your answers in three, two, one. I got CCC, everybody across the board. The one that did not chart in the 1980s was walking on the moon. Everybody gets a point. Dave makes it to five. Santori is running at six. Nancy is running at seven. Y'all made it through to the next round. Known as a songwriter of hits like the Britney Spears song, Toxic, Kathy Dennis was once a solo artist. Which 1980 song marked her debut? Was it A, Pump Up the Volume? B, Come and Get My Love? C, The, three, the Theme from Express? Or D, It Doesn't Have to Be? Kathy Dennis was once a solo artist. Which 80s song marked her debut? I want your answers in three. Wait, can you repeat you that? Okay. A, pump up the volume. B, come and get my love. C, theme from Express. And D, it doesn't have to be. Okay. All right. I need your answers in three, two, one. I got a C, I got an A, and I got an A. Santori, Nancy, and Dave. The correct answer is B, Come On, Get My Love, was oh. the song that marked her debut. Nobody gets any points, and we move on to the next question. Which Grace Jones video features experts excerpts from the experimental documentary film Koyen Sikwadi? Does anybody know this? No one knows this. We're moving on to that question. I can't. <laughs> I, can't. I was just going to pick the one that sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah, Koyen Sinkwadi. So question 14 doesn't do anything. No. All right. Nothing. Which, pep, which Pet Shop Boy song was about the lead singer's Catholic upbringing? Was it A, It's a Sin? B, What Have I Done to Deserve This? C, Always on my mind, or, or D. Hart. Which Pet Shop Boy song was about the lead singer's Catholic upbringing? A. It's a sin. B. What have I done to deserve this? C. Always in my mind, or D. Hart. Questions answers in three, two, one. A, B, and B. Santori says A, and Nancy and Dave say B. The correct answer is A, it's a sin. Santori has now tied it up with Nancy. They're both leaving you behind, Dave. I only got a couple of questions. boys. So I'm surprised I got that one wrong. Number 16, Need You, Need You Tonight was released by which rock band? Was it A, The Cure? B, Metallica, C, In Excess, or D, Aerosmith. Need You Tonight was released by which rock band? A, The Cure, Finally, B, yes. Metallica, C, In Excess, and D, Aerosmith. Finally, Need your answer. I know the answer. Yeah. Me too. All right. All right, three, two, one, show them, guys. I got C, 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 I got C across the board. It is In Excess that. Nice. Sing that song. You do that. It's a great song. So we have Nancy and Santori tied at eight 
Dave is making his run at six. All right, and we have a couple questions left. Callie Manu began her career in the late 1980s. Which of the following has she not done a duet with? A, Jimmy Plant, B, Nick Cave, C, Coldplay, or D, Shakira? Who has Kali Manu not done a duet with? Kali Minogue, right? Plant, Kali Minogue, sorry. Jimmy Plant, B, Nick Cave, C, Coldplay, or D, Shakira? I need your answers in three, two, one. E, A, and D. Let's see what we got here. Bad. Hey, D, were you guys bad? The correct answer, Dave. Nice job. I pulled that one right up my butthole. You did, and you're you're catching up with these guys, so that is not too bad. You are only two points behind them. You need to hold them. You're only one point behind them? You're two points behind them. Ah, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. All right. Which Frankie Goes to Hollywood song was banned on UK radio play in 1984 because of its lyrics? Was it A, Two Tribes, B, Relax, C, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, or D, Rage Hard? Which Frankie Goes to Hollywood song was banned on UK radio in 1984 because of its lyrics? A, Two Tribes, B, Relax, C, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, and D, Rage Hard. I need your answers in three. Two, one. I've got B all across the board except with Santori. And the correct answer is... B. B, relax. Nancy and... When you want to come. Get a point. Dirty. (laughs) Nancy is leading this nine. Santori has eight. And Dave has eight. So Dave and Santori are tied up. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. All right. Talking of lyrics, which rock set song featured the line, I'm not afraid, a trembling flower, I'll feed your heart and blow the dust from your eyes. Was it A, listen to your heart, B, the look, C, dress for success, or D, dangerous? The lyrics again, I'm not afraid, a trembling flower. I'll feed your heart and blow the dust from your eyes. A, listen to your heart. B, the look. C, dress for success. Or D, dangerous. I need your answers in three, two, one. I read A, D, and D. The correct answer is C, dress for success. (laughs) No one was correct on that one. So we move on. Which... Peter Gabriel's song was not a gigantic hit in the 1980s. Was it A, Red Rain? B, Games Without Frontiers? C, Don't Give Up? Or D, Sledgehammer? Which Peter Gabriel song was not a gigantic hit in the 1980s? A, Red Rain? B, Games Without Frontiers? C, Don't Give Up? Or D, Sledgehammer? I need your answers in three, two, one. I've got B, B, and A, and let's take a look at it. Nancy is correct with A. Okay. Nice, nice. Thank you. Keeping it on. 
Thank you. And we have three questions left for the final round. Nancy is leading these boys pretty well. She has 10. You guys have eight. If you want to make it to the final round, you have to either catch up with Nancy or give one more point than Santori or Dave. All right. Kitty. The question, which female singer was responsible for the song could have been? Was it A, Debbie Gibson, B, Paula Abdul, C, Belinda Carlisle, or D, Tiffany? Which female singer was responsible for the song could have been Debbie Gibson, Paula Abdul, Belinda Carlisle, or Tiffany? I need I think your that answers big smile in. On Nancy, I think she knows the answer to this one. I'm embarrassed I'm, that I do. <laughs> all right, three, two, one. Give me some answers here. I got D, A, and A. The correct answer is D, Tiffany. What? Whoa. What? I thought she yes. only had one hit wonder. Yes. No. Tiffany saying could have been, could have been so beautiful. Could have been. Ah, uh, well, that's what I get for being cocky. Good job, Dave. I, good they're good kind job, of interchangeable. You guys were so confident, and I took a guess, and I got it right. So sometimes so it's to be lucky. I had both got, albums. I must have mixed them up. We have got two more questions for Nancy to stay the lead. You have to get both of these questions right for Santori. You even to stay in it. You have to get both of these questions right. So this is a this is going to be quite a question. Twenty three, and I don't know if this is going to be easy. The French song "Joe Le Taxé" by Vanessa Paradis charted at what position on the UK chart? One, A one, B three, C five, or D seven? The French song "Joe Le Taxé" by Vanessa Paradis charted at what position? on the UK charts. One, right. three, five, or seven. Three, two, one, give me an answer. I've got A, 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 B, and B. The correct answer is B, strangely enough. Nancy's ah! on 11. Yeah, I knew that. Is. Right? Of course, everybody knows that. Right? Oh, oh, that was a crazy guess. Yeah. So Nancy, Congratulations, you definitely move into the final round. Davis Santori, we're about to break this out with one single question. If you both get it right, I have no idea what I'm gonna do. Okay, which Eurythmics song featured the lead singer entering a derelict cottage in a nightgown? Was it A, Here Comes the Rain Again, B, Right By Your Side, C, Would I Lie to You, or D, Sweet Dreams, which Eurythmic song featured the lead singer entering a derelict cottage in a nightgown? A, Here Comes the Rain Again, B, Right By Your Side, C, Would I Lie to You, and D, Sweet Dreams. Tell me your answer in three, two, one. Hey, everybody across the board, it is A, it is A, Here Comes the Rain Again. Yay! You guys tied it up so i really uh, am not sure how i'm going to do this <laughs> uh nancy is already into in the finals nancy you're we're gonna since they tied up you won this game with the gold medal they're gonna be competing for the silver congratulations on the thank gold medal. you Thank you. I, it was, I thought for it sure that would have just blown us away. So I'm surprised. I mean, some of those, let's face it, it was just a random chance of which ones we guessed right or wrong in some of those. It was really yeah, close. Yeah, for sure. You guessed Good well. Good job. Nice job. 
Yes, you guys all played very well. So the two of you, we have to decide which one of you is going to get the bronze and the silver medal. So I'm going to read off a song. And what you have to do is you have to tell me what movie it came from in the 1980s. The moment you get it wrong, you're out. The only way you stay in is if the other person gets their one wrong. All right, I'm gonna mute you, Nancy, you're muted. The never ending story. All right, question number one. And we're going to start with uh, Dave, because I just get a pick. Dave, Danger Zone, what movie was from in 1980? Top Gun. That is correct. Top Gun and Danger Zone is the correct answer. That goes to Dave. Moving on. Santori, The Heat is On. 1980s movie, The Heat is On. The Heat is On. Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop is correct. We're moving on. No one's getting anything wrong. No, no, no. C, Dave, Cruel Summer. What is Cruel Summer the theme song for? Do I get a hint? You do not. <laughs> Shit. Um, I had no idea it was even for a movie. I'm out. <laughs> I have no idea. Dave, okay, well, but you're not necessarily out because the only way Dave gets knocked out is if Santori, you can tell yeah. me what movie was Cruel Summer the theme, what was the theme song for? The theme song? Or featured, hev featured heavily on the soundtrack. It oh, featured yeah. extremely heavily on the soundtrack. That, that, that'd be, uh, that'd be, uh, um, <laughs> just say it. Try kid. That would be the Karate Kid. That is correct. Santori takes the silver medal. Dave moves on with the bronze. Nancy takes the gold medal. And that nice. is good it. job. Nice job. That was really good. I like that you went with the Karate Kid. I like that you knew that. I was really impressed. Uh, guys, that was James's game. That was a lot of fun. We did what? not complete the team game. Nancy took gold. Santori took silver. And Poor Dave took bronze in the uh, individual competition. That's right. It, it landed exactly how I figured it would, so I'm not disappointed. <laughs> but you lost on the karate kid, man. The karate kid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't associate that song with karate kid. <laughs> Sweet delay. Well, guys, I'm going to let you do everything that we did. I'm going to let you do what we did one last time before in a quick circle. Nancy, tell me what's going on here. What should we be looking out for you? Uh, this month, I am going to come out with my Music Corner show, and that is what it's going to be, is a Music Corner. Um, and like I said, the first topic is going to be the history of music, what makes music music, and what is not music, which is a debate that we can make into a lot of shows, really. Which should be very excited. Dave, I'm going to give you a chance to tell me what's going on with you next. All right. Yeah, so I got uh, Mile High Podcast Reviews. Just dropped another episode today. Uh, my son and I finally watched Lost Boys, and so we uh, reviewed that. Um, I just dropped a Race Through Space read-along podcast, a uh, uh, new episode of that. So take a look at that, and that's what I got going on. And this show. Excellent. Yes, and this show. Santori, as our guest, as the standing comedian, and as the one who really helped carry the team game through the end, you 
get to do the final promotion. That's not my promotion. Promote yourself, brother. All right. I'll say Tori Unplugged Wednesday nights. World Generation Podcast. Eight, nine, and ten times. And we're opening. I I cut you off in the middle of you doing all your time zones. Do all your time zones. (laughs) Do it again. Do it again. Do a better plug. I forgot. Santorium plug Wednesday nights. World Generation Podcast. Santorium plug. Eight, nine, and ten. Those are your hours. Pacific, Central, and Eastern. Figure it out. But please tune in if you do figure it out. Yes. One of those. It's not a good way to sell your shit. You have to fire yourself. Hard as possible for you to find my show. Right. Right. You. You. You literally skipped mountain and you said people in California (laughs) keep watching it. There's no mountain time zone in there. This is Sports Generation Podcast. Subscribe to Santori Unplugged on Facebook. Subscribe to Santori on Facebook. Subscribe to the Mile High Podcast. Subscribe to Trucky Pacific. I will be doing James in the Giant Country. I have a wonderful interview with Dave. EK showed back up. Uh, she's going to do an interview as well. That'll be coming out this week. And if you want to get a hold of us on Instagram, we are Mile High Podcast on Instagram. You can email us at milehighpodcast at gmail.com, at Truckee Pacific Productions at gmail.com. If you want to Twitter us, it is at, at High Podcast. And the Venmo, if you want to give us money and you want to see Venmo. us keep playing James's games. Or maybe with better graphics is at high po- at high podcast. That's where the money goes. Other than that, Nancy, Dave, Santori, Santori's cameraman. I hope you are all staying safe. Thank you so much for coming out to the Mountain High Podcast. Thank you so much for staying to play James' game. That is it. Good night. Good night. This has been a Truckee Pacific production. For sponsorship inquiries and comments, go to the Mile High Podcast at gmail.com.